They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Puck with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. You got a bit of a sniffle. You might want to go I've get, got go get COVID. Hay fever. Oh, I reckon you got COVID, but you know, <laughs> maybe that's just <laughs> my medical <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Professional for that diagnosis for that that second that you heard me sniff. Yeah, that's okay. You've been able to do that. That's that's brilliant. It's just when you do oh. it one inch from a microphone. It's um. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I, I could almost <laughs> hear the little COVID drops rumbling around in that schnoz of yours. Yeah, oh, I can hear a little COVID party. They're all. Oh yeah, da, we're, da, having da, a, da, da, da. we're having a great time over here. Uh, corona. <laughs> I think I think with hay fever, you you just want to feel like curling up into a ball and forgetting mm. about life for a while. Don't you think it's funny you know? though, like how you know there were all these reasons for us to cough and sneeze, you know, twelve months ago. <laughs> like it's a thousand different reasons why you might be coughing yep. and sneezing and having a dribbly nose and stuff. And now this year, the moment you even go, oh my god, do I think do, do I need to cough? Now I'm like, oh my god, I've probably got, I've probably got the virus. I'm going to die. I'm going to probably kill a lot of other people too. Um, and 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 you just forget. Oh, maybe maybe you just had a tickle in your throat because that sort of has happened since the start of time. Don't try doing that in public, for goodness sake. No, don't try wearing a mask and coughing or sneezing at the same time. Oh, even it's better, just... don't wear a mask and do it. That's bloody hilarious. <laughs> just to, no, <laughs> I do not condone that. Especially if you're standing in the line at the supermarket. Yeah, that's I it. love it. Yeah, I six inches it. from the back of the person in front of you, <laughs> and, and then just and then just sneeze and cough, and then just goes. Just say something along the lines of, God, I just can't get rid of this flu I've got. Yeah, I'm so bloody tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even, I even should, say I, re- <laughs> I really should go and get tested. Say it with an American <laughs> accent and that, that'll really, you know, you want to really up the ante. Yeah. I think I caught it on the plane on the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's funny that you sort of mentioned the plane because today's topic is a little... The plane, the plane. It's a bit about travel and stuff like that, isn't it, in a way? Well, maybe not specifically about travel, but we're two minutes in, and you're trying to get onto the topic. No, for no, this week I was just already. sort of, I was just sort of, you it's know, very poor form, Matthew. I just very feel like coronavirus is something that we just talk to death, and, and to be honest, now I'm kind of like, it's, yeah, we, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm over it. Adelaide's onto it now. They're yeah, exactly. It. It's Australia's <laughs> version of pass the parcel. It's, <laughs> you Come on, secretly we wish for this, didn't we? WA, you're up next. <laughs> so. No, no, no. They could be. They could be sort of June onwards. I've got a couple of workshops there to run there in April, May. That if if the whole place shuts down, it'll be not good for me. So fair enough. Well, it can, it, I'm happy for them to get it, but it just has to wait a few more months. <laughs> I love that you say you're happy for them to get it. Like they just cancelled your your Western Australian visa for April now. Yeah. <laughs> and to be that. honest, this podcast is famous enough that they they are probably listening. Oh. This is it. I've just alienated half of Perth that's and it. WA now. Because we've actually that's hit quite a, uh, a few, like, listens, which is pretty cool. Suspicious milestones. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what that word means, but it just came into my head and I thought it'd sound good. Like, what are we, 2,000, 3,000, something like that? Um, that's a really good question. 2,200. <laughs> that's just on Podbean, though. I mean, think of all the other platforms we're on. And yeah. How much- and not to mention probably the mentions that we've had in the news and stuff like that that we, we missed, obviously. <laughs> we've been pretty busy, so. Well, our PR agent would certainly be across that. 
Yes, you should be. Um, <laughs> so, uh, did you end up getting a chance? Like, I know that you're you've, you're a pretty busy, dude. But did you get a chance after the last? You've had what four weeks now to read. Oh my you know, god, here we go. It's just, I'm just curious. Obviously, we're not talking about that today. But I just no, 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 no. no. Don't mention the war, Matthew. Like, yeah, well, look, I'm slowly making my way through it. It's a lot to digest. So yeah. I think in the Words. next couple of weeks, I should have you. <laughs> I should have you a comprehensive summary of that very important book that you keep ramming down my throat. Fantastic. I'll listen to you getting a little teacup there ready to have a little sip. I know that was that's I've got like a tea party. I have like a little counter on my desk, so when I when I'm right and you're wrong, I I hit the button and and the little machine goes. (laughs) Just it's 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 just a counter, you know. That's why we've rarely heard it because I'm always right and you're not always. Oh, it's just look. This is the. That's the official sound. So, um, but yeah, how's your little? How's your little bubs? How's your family, Isla? She's going well. She's going well. We're yeah. starting. To, it's actually it's it's been an interesting couple of weeks because we've been doing a bit of transition. Where now that we're allowed to go out and about, we're trying to sort of you know uh, work out how we can actually do that around napping and stuff, just to make sure we stay sane. Ooh. And we yep. get our, our fancy caravan on Friday, and we're heading straight away, straight out. So straight away, you're um, off. Yeah, well, not, not for long, just for a few days. Oh, I was going to um, say, what am I going to do next week? No, no, don't. Oh, well, you, you, I'll be coming to you broadcasting live no way, from remotely. my portable studio, basically. Hold on, what do they call that? They call that a... Tax um, write-off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. You knew there was a reason why you're doing this podcast. That's it. That reason alone. Exactly. Just, if you go travelling. No, we actually bought that caravan specifically to record the podcast on Wednesday mornings. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> I wish I could remember the name of it when they do an outside broadcast. It's called an OPB or something. Yeah. Anyway. O- OBS. Is that right? I think I think OBS. Anyway, something like that. Um, I should probably get that checked out so I can write that on my tax statement. But um, <laughs> you know what? I think you'd enjoy this one. So we have we have this thing where we, we name all of our traveling vessels. Um, okay. So, you know, anything that's we, – we sort of go in our household, anything that has a use – um, and that is genuinely useful should have a name, right? Because, right. like, you know, otherwise you don't appreciate it properly. So, like, for instance, we've got a robot vacuum cleaner. Um, his name is Steve. Um, and so Steve often cleans the house for us when we're out. Um, we had a lemon tree at one point and its name was Consuela. And then what Consuela. The heck is Consuela? Well, because, you know, the um, you know, family guy. The, 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 oh, lemon pledge. <laughs> You know that that, that lady is um, Consuela, so we're like, that's perfect. So she, um, but then she stopped giving us lemons, so she actually got stripped of her name and just turned into the tree. Um, <laughs> good. Want to ask? Want to ask Mary what I did to our lemon tree at the last place that we were renting? Let's put that, no one eats the lemons anymore. Is that? It's, she decided that the lemon tree was a little too tall. She's like complaining that she couldn't get the lemons from the top of the tree. Oh, tough gig. So I decided to. I decided to get to it with a little bit of a hacksaw and and just uh, prune it, let's say. Tom, if you cut the top of a tree off, that doesn't make the lemons easier to reach. Like for one time, it makes it easier to reach. And then you're like, well, now I've got half a tree, so there's less lemons. <laughs> That's not how this than, works, Tom. <laughs> less than half a tree when I was finished with it. But it was oh. but, but, but it, it, it bounced back very well. Good. I was going to say that. Beautiful new growth coming through. That just, logic. I just, I just shaped it. I just shaped it. That's all. The, the owners are going to be very happy with what I've done, I'm sure, in, in 10 to 15 years' time. When they forget about the atrocity. When the, lemons, when the lemons start growing back, it starts bearing fruit, it'll be fabulous. It'll be amazing. They'll be able to just 
reach up and grab all those beautiful lemons rather than having to be climbing ladders. It's very dangerous to climb a ladder. It is. Yeah, and, and other You could also just leave those lemons up there, you know, like... <laughs> I mean, we had a we had a little robo vacuum cleaner in here that came from Kogan, so I called it Kinky. Hey, so you got names for things and, too. And I wrote it on the top. I actually wrote it on the top of the um, of the vacuum cleaner. I wrote Kinky in big black letters, and Kinky would do its thing around the, uh, the gallery. Kinky, yeah, then, like K I K I, or Kinky, like Kinky, kinky Boots. Kinky Boots. Oh, and, see, that's going to weird me out now. <laughs> And, and occasionally it would run out of battery right in the window here. So anybody coming past the gallery at night would see that this device was called Kinky. And then my kids, my young, gorgeous kids said to me, why did you call it Kinky? So mm. I, I, I found it hard to explain why. I was, other than, can I take a wild guess? Kind of perverse mind. Okay, so I reckon, so if it's anything like our little robot vacuum, our robot vacuum's actually got a camera on it that goes and identifies objects and stuff. But I think if you put Kinky on our one and it's vacuuming around you, especially in summer um, when people might not be wearing trousers, um, (laughs) I feel like this little tiny robot with a camera spinning around under your legs, um, calling it Kinky uh, and knowing that it's connected to the (laughs) Wi-Fi might... um, might make you kind of Google might, that. Might start, might start broadcasting. Yeah. Live so, from the Crumbins household, we have Matt walking around in his birthday suit. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. a, you, can, you can get that on my OnlyFans account. Um, but that's <laughs> oh, really interesting you say that. So, like, you don't really have any logic in the naming, whereas we pain over the naming of these things. So, we've finally settled on the new caravan's name. Go on. Because um, our old one was called, um, called Dora. For Dora the Explorer. Explorer, yes. Um, and the new one is called Kara. Uh, hold on. I think I know the brand and therefore it rhymes with the brand. Does is that not, correct? No, it does, definitely doesn't oh. rhyme with the brand. Oh, Kara. Go on. Because it's a caravan and it's a bit fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's moved from Matt's now moved from Essendon to Brighton. That's it to Brighton. The Brighton on wheels, basically. Um, All right. Part yeah. of the caravan. Caravan. Oh God! I mean, I have to say that with a glass of Sauv Blanc in my hand. I know, it? right? And an ice cube in it as well. You'd have oh, to yeah. you'd have to really classy that up, you know. That sounds like you know, Kath and Kim. You know those two, the two that work in the homeware store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Very good. Um, what else has been happening in your world? Well, I guess with lockdowns kind of, we're not locked, we're not kind of call lockdowns anymore. I guess restrictions easing. So we had the whole 25 kilometre thing lift. Um, I spent my very first sunrise outside of my 25K zone um, at Cape Shank doing sunrise, oh, um, doing wow. a, a seascapes workshop. And look, it wasn't nice. the most spectacular sunrise, but it was so beautiful. It was such a clear day. Um, it was just refreshing, like just standing there. We were pretty much the only people there. Um, yeah. And we just watched it for like an hour and then, yeah, toddled on down to the, the Cape and we did, you know, more shooting for it throughout the day. But it was just such a good way, like being down there at five in the morning was a bit tough. It was a 3 a.m. leaving from home. But uh, but, but no got there. And, yeah. And it, it was just o'clock. Yeah. Well, because it's about an hour and a half for me and I right. like to give myself some time in case I go, you know what, I desperately need coffee or, you know, sometimes even just fuel. <laughs> So, um, coffee shops aren't really open at four thirty in the morning, though. No, the anyway. guy, the BP servo made me a lovely coffee. The though, P- so. are they any good? No, I had one from Seven Eleven, and that wasn't too bad. They were one dollar coffees. They're not shocking, but I don't. I wouldn't. 
Look, no, put it this way. If you're desperate. If I was in like Sydney, I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but so here we can piss off on the podcast today. Western Australia's written on. We've got, done Perth. We've now done Sydney. We've just it. got Brisbane, Tassie, you know, and uh, and Darwin to finish them off. And and a lot because yeah, you, you just in that list that you just skipped the ACT, you actually just achieved oh. the goal of writing them off that list because we've now done them. <laughs> You're so you got forgotten. <laughs> um, no. I can't even, like, uh, no, let's not go there. No. The ACT. Yep. yep. But, but no, it was the coffee, I don't know, they're not that great. But to be honest, at 3.30 in the morning when you're driving and you're like, you know what, um, this is really early. Uh, yep. To be honest, it, it's actually perfectly fine. It does the job. I would have um, thought you would have made one yourself before you left home. I did, yeah. Right. That yeah. Was, that was, <laughs> absolutely, that was I did. first course. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I did a, a coffee degustation that morning. So. Or make yourself a, a, um, a thermos. Oh, that's a lot of effort at that time in the morning, to be I honest. Boil a kettle, pour it into the thermos oh, to, to preheat it, and then pour your coffee in afterwards and well, stay actually, nice and warm. Embarrassingly, in the back of my photography truck, um, one entire half is a dedicated kitchen, and it's actually got a coffee machine in it. Um, But again, it was too early for me to be bothered opening the side and pushing the buttons. I was like, no, someone else can make this coffee. Um, Anyway. Do you know what what a good routine is? And and I don't employ this as nearly enough as I should. I was talking with my financial therapist the other day about this. A financial with, therapist? Yes. <laughs> you know, haven't I told you that? Oh, God. I've told a few people. I've got a financial therapist. She's gorgeous. She's looking after me with my mindset around money and finance. Yeah, right. I've done, I've, I've done two sessions with her already. I've got another <laughs> session coming up next week. So is a therapist, and, uh, is, are they a therapist or an accountant? She's a psychotherapist. No, so she's not uh, – I, I don't believe she, she has the – the, the formal training in terms of financial planning, so to speak, but she's she's got a degree in psychotherapy and um, and has background and interest around that. So she does a podcast and uh, and she's been uh, helping me out. So you know, big things are going to happen here. <laughs> As in, like you just like wish everything away, or <laughs> like no, is no, it, no. did you change your minds? Because that won't change the books, does it? Like you can't. I don't quite understand how a. a I mean, I don't, obviously don't understand the goal here because I've I would have thought that. Finance is a pretty practical thing, not so yeah, much a mindset. Apparently what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to earn money and then save some of it, and that way you get ahead in life. Yeah, but, like, do you need a therapist to tell you that? <laughs> oh, no, you know what? You've, you've Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you know what? I don't even know why I bother engaging all these experts to help me out in business and in life because – I can just come to you. You're your one-stop shop. Mate, I've got that, that little bell of mine I think is all you needed. You'd be like Pavlov's, Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog, dog at the end of it. Yep. You know? You'll yep. hear that um, noise and you'll just go and put $10 in the, in the piggy bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did I do that? Supposed to be. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I can't even remember what the hell I was talking about. So psycho, a psychotherapist finance person. Yeah, but how did I get onto her in the first place? Oh, mate, that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a very oh good question. I was talking to her about something. Oh, my God, my brain is mush today because I've, I've really been struggling with getting to bed early. Oh, really? Because you're busy or just because you're watching the season four of The Crown? I've been getting into the block a lot. We are one of the few households that doesn't have any pay TV network. Wow. We just don't have it. We're still on old... Boring free to air. Well, you know what they say: that. if you're not paying for it, the product, you are the product. So, right. 
You're- well, you know, I watch very, if I didn't have a TV, it would actually be okay. I watched Gogglebox, I watched The Block, and that's about it. Everything else you can watch online anyway, Kaya. Pretty much. Which you can do all those on, on demand anyway, so. Actually, are there- <laughs> That was actually an accident, that one. That was just, yeah. Pretty um, much bang. Yep, yep, yep. I'm right again. <laughs> No, no, so have you actually? So that means so if you don't have the paid TV stuff, because a lot of people talk about this. Have you seen the chasing chasing the light Netflix series? Do you know what? I don't think I have. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen any of it. Not, I, not I honestly haven't watched it either. I've opened oh. the, I've opened it, and I've gone, oh, that looks interesting, and then watched something else. But um, <laughs> but apparently that's really quite inspiring. So um, but I dare I, I say it's dare I say it's a Canon sponsored thing. Yeah, you see. I think I it's – I have a feel. I might be wrong there, that. but I have a feeling no, it was I think it is. a Canon-sponsored thing. And it's sort of – yeah, I don't know whether I'd find it offensive, to be <laughs> honest. No, like not because it's Canon. But this is actually – I know this – I'm going to say this actually leads us into the topic of today. Okay, go, go, go. Right, Let's because get on. when you look at the, the things like these TV shows that are filmed um, – there's obviously a lot of it is somewhat set up because if you're going to have a whole film crew with you, you really need to have things. You can't just kind of have a crew follow you, you know, for eternity and hope something happens. You know, there's a lot of yep. stuff that's very, very manufactured, which is fine because it's entertainment. And the no, entertainment's no. obviously going to have some inspiration and things, but they don't film it like they might do a BBC doco where they'll literally go out and film, you know, thousands of hours of content and then go and edit it. These sorts of shows are generally like we're going out, we're planning this trip. These are the sorts of things that you want to get out of it um, and make them happen. Yeah. And what, time, what I think really frustrates me sometimes is you watch, and I'm not talking at all about this show because I'm not seeing Chasing the Light episodes, so no one go, oh, God, Matt said this about that show. <laughs> this is more just about like probably more YouTube shows and stuff like that. They are often really sort of, I don't want to call them unethical because unethical is not, that's a bit strong, but they often break tons of rules to get the content, but then at the same time claim to be like, oh, you shouldn't break the rules, you know, make sure you don't do this and, you know, the environment's so important. And I've got one example. I'm not going to name and shame the person, um, although I'd love to because I hate them desperately. Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah. What, Bear, Bear grills. <laughs> no, no. No, this is somewhat – so I went on a trip to Tonga and um, a person who was on that trip was filming a documentary um, – and it was a very, I want to call it low budget, but it was more of like an adventure documentary that you might sort of see on like a YouTube channel um, or possibly, I think it was just, it was meant to be for Netflix. I don't think it ever made it to Netflix, but it was one of those like relatively low cost ones. Um, and the guy who was filming it was delightful, but the person who was in it was just a nightmare. And we were diving with Humpback Whales for the week, which was super cool. But the thing with humpback whales is you jump in the water usually quite far off and you swim out to them very slowly and they kind of get used to you. And then you can be like right like two meters away from them and they're like, hey, how are you? <laughs> Whereas um, this person got so desperate to get their content, they would literally jump off the boat in front of everyone like bombing into the water um, and taking like selfie shots almost with their camera. And in actual fact, the photos were not that spectacular to be perfectly honest, like not – canning them like they weren't bad photos but they weren't like you know like a proper photographer when i say proper i mean in, in that context you know you, you take your time you set your shots and this was all about hey can you film me taking shots so that i look like i'm taking shots sort of thing and right. in many cases throughout this nine days that we were there um scared the whales off before anyone even got near them 
Ish. And even after being told by the the our guide and everything, like you can't do that. Like you just you're first of all distressing them because they're they're actually here to breed or to, to, to give birth um, mm-hmm. and they've got their calves. You can't do this. And also you've got six other people on this trip with you. You know, you can't just <laughs> kind of plow through just to get your one shot and then they swim off and no one else, you know, experiences it. And there was actually this this trip, we all came to absolute loggerheads um, about halfway through and it really blew up. Um, but it kind of, I look at these shows and sometimes it frustrates me because you you see people doing things that you shouldn't be doing or encouraging other people to do because there's either laws around it or they're damaging the environment and stuff. And I mean, you'd see this all the time with landscapes. I know I saw you, you commented last week on one um, from, I think, oh God, did I? one of the states that you, um, you've already ragged on this morning, so you can't make it any worse. Right. But people in national parks, you know, going places you shouldn't be, what's oh, your take? Yes, I remember. I remember. Yes, yes, Carrigini it was, wasn't mm. it, on Instagram. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not a huge fan at all of any of that. I think there's two things that we've got to do better as landscape photographers. One is making sure we don't go into places that we shouldn't be. Um, and, and worse still, if you are in there and posting it on social media, that's just a massive no-no as far as I'm concerned. And then the second thing is um, posting posting um, locations when they're really hypersensitive and it's probably best that we just generalize it and leave it as this is in victoria as opposed to the specific place that could potentially be overrun with you know people tourists photographers whatever you call it i think we really need to we have a responsibility there and we really need to pull up our socks so do you mean like when you say sensitive place just to clarify so you're talking about like maybe a place where there's like a let's say like an endangered habitat maybe there's a species that's endangered or maybe there's like um i'm just talking about a fragile environment i'll give you an example there's a place called secret falls i think hidden falls secret falls can you um, give me the google maps reference um for that one tom (laughs) yeah i'll give you the gps coordinates (laughs) Um, it's just near Hobart, right? All the locals know about it. But then, of course, it goes on Instagram and everyone's gone, oh, right, that's right near Hobart. Oh, when, next time I'm down there, I'll go and photograph it. And so that place has been pretty much trashed with um, people visiting there wanting to take a nice photograph of waterfall because it's easily accessible close to Hobart, etc. So I think we'd, I'd love to see a movement whereby we're, we're happy to post those photographs on social media, but... At the end of the day, we don't need to specifically say where it is if it's not something that's well known, because we, you know, we just don't want hundreds of thousands of people going there and and um, you know trashing it. So some people yeah. might say that's a bit selfish, though. Like find okay, so awesome don't, location don't and then post the photo. Then yeah, then okay. Post it. So you're sort of take, saying like, don't share. There, take the photo, perhaps even put it on your website, but it's going to get far less exposure on your website than it is social media. So mm. um, I'm okay with that. I just, I think, I think we're going down a very dangerous path, and I don't. I, in this I podcast in or in, <laughs> in general, <laughs> I think in, in years to come we'll look back and we'll go, yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do the right thing there, did we? So I, I reckon that's. I, I can't agree more. I see so many people, especially around Victoria, and um, you know, especially waterfalls. You know, Parks yes. Victoria is actually they're very good at providing, I think, infrastructure for tourism. I don't think that they're very good at providing infrastructure for photographers in tourism, um, which, you know, that's not a criticism because we're a very small minority. But I think what it does is it actually almost encourages people to jump the fence because the viewing platform they've put in 
it's, is rubbish. It's, well, it's just it's not really it's not conducive to getting a, a shot. And I guess the yeah. other part is it's a you can't get the unique shot. And you were saying this about some of Ken Duncan's stuff up in, um, uh, was it in uh, Blue Mountains? Was it? I think you were oh, saying like there's sort of one location you can go that you can get oh, that, that shot from. On Tassie. And like, you know, and that might be, in a lot of cases, that might be because in order to get the other angle, you'd have to jump the barriers and go and try, you know, trumple through the, the rainforest. Yeah. And I think it's, it's an interesting one because I see like a lot of professional photographers doing it and then more, or what makes it even worse is then um, it gets shared on their socials. That's one thing. But then like tourism vic or wa whatever the tourism agency picks up the photo and shares it out saying oh my god how good's this and of yes. course it's shot from the middle of the waterfall where they say specifically do not go but it just yep. encourages it gives everyone an idea they go oh but that shot must have been taken from over there yep. you know i can jump the barrier too because it's been endorsed almost that behavior yeah, yeah you're quite right which yeah. is and, you know and the, and the worst part is that um some of these official tourism accounts publish it without doing their research to know that that's a no-no, as in that spot's out of bounds. Yeah. And I've called um, the South Australian Tourism uh, Authorities out on that as well on an Instagram post that they posted a few years ago from the Flinders Ranges, as did many others, mind you. So they did pull it, which was great. That was the camping one, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. They were in the back of the van and they were like, oh, imagine, you know, we woke up to this amazing view and it's like, yeah, you're not even supposed to camp there, guys. That's just a small (laughs) car park for you to visit. On a temporary basis, and like so I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the story I think that came out of that was that oh, but they didn't actually camp there; they set the shot up. Yeah, but, but, it but it's, it exactly gave the completely gave the, the wrong message. Correct, you know? correct, and 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 it's it's not an excuse. At the end of the day, if uh, if the inference is that you can camp there, then you're going to get people camping there because they're going to say, "Well, we saw this on social media; and it was off your account." So. Uh, the other problem that you get is these pseudo accounts that pretend to be, um, whether they pretend to be or not, tourism accounts for the various states or places and, yeah. and their royals because they're generally run by somebody who's uh, not doing this full time, who doesn't, perhaps doesn't have that extensive knowledge of the area or perhaps they don't even care, whatever the reason might be. But they're happy to share because they're perhaps just wanting to get their followers up or get the number of likes up or whatever because it's a business. It might be a business for them. They want to they want to increase the number of followers. They want to increase the engagement because then that's going to get money in the in their pockets, for example. And um, and they deserve it if they're doing the right thing. But they certainly yeah. don't deserve it if they're, if they're posting images from out-of-bounds places in Karajini, for example, that I saw last week that I just thought, you know, you can obviously see that this is a precarious place to be and there's a girl walking through there halfway up a cliff in a bikini. If she slipped, she'd do herself a serious injury. And what ticks me off the most is that the volunteers put their lives at risk. And this is not a cliche statement in any way, shape or form. They put their lives at risk in order to save people from who have done stupid things yeah. in those places. And I think that's totally irresponsible. And they're the ones who will be going, yeah, look, I know I did the wrong thing and I'm internally grateful for the people who helped me out. But yeah. you know, where's the, where are they going to feel? What but are I'm, they not gonna, feel I'm not like? going to take it off Instagram though. But yeah, <laughs> and, 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 you know, they're going to go, thanks very much. And, you know, oh, my God, I had, a, an, a, I had this most, uh, you know, unfortunate experience to happen and, and they'll write a whole essay on Instagram about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As though it's almost glorified. It's not it? been their fault. Yeah, they're glorifying it. And there's a place called Regan's Pool, which is at Karajini, 
which is named after a guy called a volunteer called Jimmy Regan, who actually drowned there whilst rescuing somebody from there one year. It was quite yeah, a few right. years ago now. But a flash flood came through unexpectedly and he unfortunately lost his life. And um, whether that person was doing the wrong thing or not, I'm not quite sure. But at the end of the day, um, you know, these people just need to think a little before they start doing things like that. And it's not worth, uh, I think, I think it's almost like, it's almost like the, the um, I'd love to see the, the, the social accounts like the Facebooks and Instagrammers take more of a hard line against these people. Do you think it should be like um like Trump's Twitter thing where it's like you know this is false yeah, information this they is should. like this is an illegal picture. Yep, yep. They should say this is this is not on. Therefore, we're going to suspend your account, and whether yeah. that be permanently or whether that be for a month or what have you. I just think people there needs to be a consequence, and particularly here in Australia, I'm I'm the big. I'm a bit, I think here in Australia we tend to take a very soft approach towards any sort of illegal activity. You know what I mean? I yeah. Think, I think at the end of the day, we tend to go, "Oh, look, yes, you've done the wrong thing, and we're going to punish you." And and it's the punishment is not nearly harsh enough to deter somebody from from doing that again. Well, you know, I had a really interesting one actually, and this was not to do with. I mean, it was actually to do with not being in the wrong place, but shooting the wrong thing. So um, we were in the Northern Territory. Must have been um, two years ago, three years ago, twenty seventeen. Three years ago, um, and we did our like our big road trip up from Melbourne to Darwin yes. and back. And um, you know, for me, that was a really a photography portfolio trip, like because you know, it's nice to be able to be on the road for long term. And we did it over the course of a month. Um, photographed the hell out of the trip. Um, got to the Red Centre Way, and of course, into the, sort of the um, the Uluru precinct. Um, and there, they have very strict rules around commercial photography. I sure so do. It's it's like if you want to do commercial photography, the fee, the fee is not atrocious, I guess, but it's also a bit ridiculous. I don't understand why you need to pay a fee. It, it's if you're running maybe a trip there or something like running a commercial operation, it's different. If you're just an individual, you have no more impact than anyone else. Um, but. Yeah, they, they, I saw that, you know, you've got to actually go and organize the day that you're going to do it. You've got to tell them exactly where you're going to be, what you're going to shoot. Then you have to throw, send the photos to them to approve the photos. Like this whole stupid process. And you go, part of me thinks, all right, I understand that, um, you know, there are some sacred sites and they don't, you know, that are not supposed to be published um, commercially. Yep. And I think, okay, I can understand that. I definitely respect that and wouldn't do that. But um, one of the shots, so I, the only shot that I really published, and now, to be honest, at the moment, like I've just gone, you know, I know the sacred site areas where it said don't photograph, so I haven't published any photos from there. But the ones where there weren't, no so you photographed them even though you weren't supposed to? Well, it's it's photographed them to share the photographs. So it's it's about it's about sort of um, the, the understanding we had because we read all the fine print on it. And the understanding is that um, in, in that Aboriginal culture, there is – um, certain ages or age milestones that you hit um, as an Indigenous uh, person. And I think it's usually as a male Indigenous, dare I say. Um, and those you're allowed to witness or be in certain places as you hit certain milestones. So, like, when you – I don't – I'm going to say arbitrarily, like, when you hit 15, for instance, you're considered, like, a, a grown male adult and therefore you're allowed to be in that male – um, adult kind of, you know, meeting place, if that makes sense. Right. So yep. you're not meant to see it. And so the idea is if you pub if people publish it on socials and stuff, then people who are not supposed to have seen it might be exposed to it. 
Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so that to me makes perfect sense. I'm more than happy to respect that. That's not my culture dispute and um, not my thing. But we went and took a selfie. So Laura and I also, I've got two Instagram accounts. One's a gallery account. One's my just my social media account for like my behind the scenes. And I took a selfie of Laura and I from the AT&T car park. So this is like a bus line has branded the car park. Right. Um, it's like kilometers away from from Uluru and you go there for sunrise it's one of those sunrise locations yes yes we get there there must be 150 buses with 150 people on each bus Laura and I took a selfie (laughs) as sun was the sun was rising as part of our travels and I posted it on my social media not four hours later an email drops in my inbox saying um please either remove this content or follow the link to pay the fees to license this being a commercial piece wow and I'm like hold on, it's a selfie of me and my wife at sunrise from a commercial car park where there's literally must be 2,000 people with their cameras out taking photos. Doing the same thing. And so, you know, I respectfully removed it. I'm not going to, again, you know, I don't want, I'm not going to, it wasn't a big enough deal for me to say, look, I'm really passionate about what I just did. And if it's obviously means something to you, sure, I'll I'll obey that. But what really got me was (laughs) the next day, Lo and behold, on the Sea Australia Instagram account, guess what gets shared? A photograph from that exact car park of Uluru. Right. Taken by someone who was a commercial photographer who hadn't licensed the picture. And I go, the worst part is that the the mob who was giving me um, grief about it actually went and commented and liked it. Oh, right. Okay, and I'm thinking so it's like, good for one but not for the other. It's good because the Sea Australia's shared it, but if it's Matt Crummins with a selfie, maybe it was because my face was in it. They're just like, God, that's atrocious. Wow, but I like, But yeah, so you there's know, kind of like a... the brand. Yeah, there's just a weird... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think there's some weird rules and I think that... That's, what, yeah, that's, where, it, it, that's where I think people would argue the point against us and what we're saying this morning by going, well, other people are doing it and, and you know, they're getting away with it, so why can't we? Yeah. And, and there's, no, there's no consistency around the policing of those um, Absolutely. You know, rules. So, therefore, um, people just rebel. So, know, I think so that's... I guess, and that's the difference though, isn't it? Like to me, that's an arbitrary rule where if I asked you to justify that rule, why can't I post that? There's no real reason because it's not an unusual site. It's not sensitive in the, you know, obviously because they publish that photo or that location all the time through travel magazines, you know, posters, billboards. It's not like a sacred site. But I think what you were talking about from a sensitive site perspective was like more ecologically sensitive. Is that... Yes, correct. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna damage the environment if we end up overrunning it with photographers and tourists, etc. That, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, you know, definitely. And what? So think, how how do you fit in with that? With because I know this is one of your areas of expertise, and I certainly don't want to. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot with this one. But how do you oh, go then go. with with the? I mean, some news came out this week. The um the new Mavic Air two coming in at two hundred and forty nine grams, just underneath the limit for being an actual drone. Um, right. <laughs> um, that's going to be a massive Christmas item because it's a sub thousand dollar drone. Right. Um, what's your take on that? Because there's a lot of rules around drones in say national parks. Um, you know, yes. I saw someone in one of, one of my student group actually asked this week about what drone should I buy because I want to go and do some aerials on the peninsula. Right. Um, and the imp- implication to that was it was implied that you know shots over busy beaches, and obviously you're not technically supposed to fly a drone over people or property or, you know, like there's a billion reasons where you can't fly drones. What's yep. your take on that? Like, I mean, how, do you see that as a bit of a risk now that they're becoming more affordable and stuff that the rules in place, they're not practical enough that people are going to follow them? 
I, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. I think that's hit the nail on the head. I think if people can see that or they're educated so that they can understand why the rules are there in the first place, I think they're more likely to be followed. But mm. when people are seeing rules in place without any justification and understanding of why those rules have been put in place, I think it then becomes a situation where you're, where, where people are going, well, I don't understand why that's the, the, the why it's a problem, so therefore I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. You know, and I think we have a massive problem here in Australia, and I think probably elsewhere, whereby these rules and and these we sort of call them nanny states, don't we? But these pools, these rules are put into place, and yet and, and yet it's hard to understand why they're there in the first place. Mm. Um, the national park thing is a really tricky thing. Um, you know that when when drones first came out and people were like. God, I'm so glad that they're not allowed in a national park because I want to go to a place like that and I want to enjoy the serenity without this annoying drone buzzing that, over that's me. That's very much me, by the way. Right. I've, I, my counter-argument to that, because I, I would be the same, I, I think, you know, we're, we're contradictory beasts and there's probably people listening to this now and saying, yeah, but Tom, you've done this and you've done that. You know, um, I think we... For me personally, you know, you kind of like, yeah, I don't want other people flying drones around willy-nilly, but then I'm happy to fly mine so long as I get my shot type of thing. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when I've said to people, we'll say, okay, I, I agree, you know, that would be frustrating, that would be annoying, that would ruin the experience for me, but how often does that happen to you? And they said, oh, no, it hasn't, but I'm just saying that if it did, I'd be really annoyed. Oh, so that happens to me quite a lot. When we go camping... Um, I've actually got no issue with when I hear a drone take off from the campground, that yeah. doesn't phase me at all. It's a little bit like if someone runs a generator, like if they run a generator for an hour, I'm like, cool, that's a really practical, you need to run your generator because you've got some batteries to charge or something. But then you get other people who rock up and they run their generator from like 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. And, yeah. you know, I think with drones, it's the same. If you're going to take off from a campsite and go and fly out into, call it, in you know national park area where because once those drones get like probably what 100 meters away you can't hear them um if you want to do that and they come back in i got no issue with that like i'm not going to sit there and go oh my god that one moment destroyed my weekend however i guess what what my concern comes from with this is that um with families being able to now afford you know like king's adventure center whatever it is they're selling a drone for 90 bucks and you go if i get to a campsite and you've got five just on a podcast yeah, go on, Matt. Um, <laughs> That's right. Just some friends of mine just coming to the door, and I had the door open just to uh, just to have it nice and uh, breezy, and then like shout it out. They're just, they're just trying to trying to buy things. It's too early. Yeah, no, too no, early. No, Cash no, register no, no, is not open yet. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, poor guys. I'll be embarrassed by that. But anyway. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, yeah basically, but like yeah. you know, that if you go to a site, like, you know, let's say, let's take camping out of it, right? But let's say you go to like a, a, an area that is just a beautiful lookout and especially now that um, tourism is going mostly regional, um, local, regional, especially this summer, you, you've, got to, you've got to admit there is definitely a possibility here where um, if you get even two people at a time, like throughout the course of a day, like a site can get thousands of visitors a day. So statistically, yeah. 1% of people throw a drone up in the air. There will constantly be something hovering above your head. Yeah. Um, that is going to get old because you do go like, oh, well, you know, no one else is doing it, so I'll do it. But one drone up there, then you leave and the next person goes, oh, there's no drones. Oh, there's only one drone. So you, you end up with this kind of constant cycle. Um, no, no, I'm not ragging on drones, by the way, because I think I'll actually – I'm actually contemplating a drone myself because there are, as you say, there's like some really cool opportunities, more so for me with some video stuff. But 
it's an interesting one when it comes to that regulation and kind of going like where where do, where can rules be bent and where can they not be? So with diving, for instance, we have these rules, you know, I say not unspoken, they're definitely spoken about, but, um, you know, they say leave only bubbles and take only photos, yeah. right? And anything that you do that could possibly impact the environment is an absolute no-no and people underwater will like come and whack you on the back of their head if they see you doing something dumb with a camera which I think is great because I do that to people all the time. Um, However, (laughs) there have been situations where when you're more experienced and you know the environment you're in, I would, for instance, take a much bigger risk. Like I would swim into a smaller cavity underwater where there is potential to do damage, but because of my experience, I'm confident that I won't do damage. But I also don't want to set a bad tone for someone else. So I would often do that in private. I will sometimes break a rule knowing that I've got a skill level or an experience level that's not going to have an impact. But if I saw another person around, I wouldn't do it because I'm embarrassed. I wouldn't do it because I, I don't want to encourage them without the experience or knowledge to actually put themselves in a situation where they're going to damage something. Yeah. Does yep. that resonate I, with you? Because I think you'd have to be in that situation, surely. Like, I think, I think um, uh, well, my example of that would be that I will fly a drone in a legal area, but I still won't do it if people are around because I just don't want the hassle. I yeah. just don't want people, you know, inquiring or telling me off or doing anything else around that because they just get such a bad rap that yeah. uh, it's not worth the hassle. So I tend to fly the drone when it's um, when I'm doing it there by myself and I know that um, I can do that uninterrupted. It's just it's far easier for me to do something like that than to worry <laughs> about, uh, you know, people being around and, and questioning whether I'm doing the right thing or not. I feel like you should, like, the comeback that you should have is, look, look, if you don't like the sound of the drone, that's fine. I can go and get my helicopter. It's it's a lot smaller and more quiet. It, it won't intrude at all. <laughs> you know, like drones are, are awesome in many regards, um, annoying in other ways. Um, however, you know, it's true. You just get yourself a, a helicopter or a plane and you can fly pretty much wherever you want. Yeah. Unless it's, unless it's restricted army space or And ironically, or it's kind of people look at it and go, oh, my God, how cool a helicopter is like right there. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, it's actually yeah. way more of an imposition having a helicopter. I know. I know. So, so what is it about drones that just gets people's? I think it's like jet the jet skis of the uh, the ocean, right? You know, the flying or jet skis of the flying world because it's it is like it's, it, it, for people like yourself. If I like, for instance, if I was out in a really cool location and I saw someone who was clearly a photographer, like they've got you know maybe it's some branding or maybe it's you know, something like that that really identified them as um, a professional, I think I'd be, I'm really intrigued and I'd be like, wow, that's really amazing. But I think because of the price point coming down and, and who uses them now, um, it's it's become too accessible. And so you get a lot of people doing it for no real reason and it's sort of, um, it is quite intrusive and it's the volume of people doing it. So, and I, and I think that's the same with things like even just jumping a fence for a waterfall as an example. Like if I saw, you know, I don't know. Like, let's say I, I rocked up to the Otways and I saw you in the middle of a stream um, in the Otways photographing, and you had your gear bag and you were, you know, you could see that you were doing the right thing respectfully. I'd be like, wow, I bet his images are amazing. When I see someone, you know, some dickhead jumping the fence with their iPhone and trampling on plants and things, I'm like, I'm less tolerant of that. So I think it's about. Um, the intent. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, is it worth it? For you, Tom Putt, with a brand who takes beautiful shots, makes books, sells prints, um, you know, inspires people with your photos. Absolutely, the small inconvenience for people is actually worth it because you make a lot of people happy with what you do. But if you're going to just take it and then put it on your Instagram with, you know, 30 followers who are all, you know, 
shopping center, um, you know, latte weekenders. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, but you know, like, you've I mean, done a great job of feeding people today. No, but you know what I mean, though. Like, you know, it's 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 a different outcome, you know, like. I do know uh, what you're talking about. You, you, and that's why they have the regulations in place, though, too. Yeah. That's why they're then saying, right, in order to differentiate between those who are doing it as, as a commercial proposition versus mm. those who aren't, let's put these licenses in place so that we can um, perhaps make it make it more difficult for the it doesn't really make it more difficult though because it's just not it's just an it's just either seen as a money-making venture or it's seen as an identifier but that still doesn't stop people doing the wrong the wrong thing in inverted commas and, and going ahead and doing it without having a license that's it but it's interesting and i think it's, it's coming towards summer i think it's a really important one like this this summer i think unfortunately the peninsula is going to get absolutely smashed yeah, despite the um the camping on the foreshore i think being scrapped um, yep. If anything, that's probably going to make it busier because it'll be more enticing. You know, that, that camping ground can sometimes put people off. They go, oh, it's already busy down there. Whereas if there's if they say that's just being used for general use, um, it, it's going to get hit pretty hard. And I think it is important as photographers, um, you know, whether you're professional or not, whether you're an amazing amateur or, a, or an average professional or, or, or amazing professional and amateur, whatever, um, I think it's important to to always remember that you are in a way going to be seen, especially when you're carrying around your decent tripod with your decent camera and your kit bag and stuff, you're going to be seen as a bit of an influencer for other people around you. And so the moment that you step off that path, the moment you jump that fence, um, people do kind of consider that to be a license. And so I think you've got to be quite responsible um, if you're a photographer to go, look, if you're going to break one of those rules, I can't tell you what to do, but if you're going to do that, be really conscious of who's around you and who you might be influencing to do the same thing. And if that means that you have to stand back for an extra hour and wait for the area to be clear so that you're not going to influence that group of 10 people to go and do something silly that they don't have the respect for that environment, um, you know, that, that might be a good balance between telling you just to not do it but also making sure you limit that impact. 100%, yeah. And I think we've got to... Make sure we're just more responsible at the end of the day and realise that we can do good with our imagery and our, our drone photography and our drone footage, etc. Let's face it, at the end of the day, we want we love going to these places because they, they are beautiful places to go to. Let's not stuff it up, but let's make sure that we can capture the shots that we we want perhaps or need or whatever the justification might be so it helps protect it for you know future generations i know that sounds very cliche as well but at the end of the day there's, there's no point going to all these places and inundating them if they're not going to look as good in a couple of years time exactly right and, so, I think that, and the thing is nothing nothing that you see is, is, is too far gone to, for, to to undo either so you know those areas well, that might that, be a bit we've trampled seen that during covid haven't we you know all these places yeah. that are recovered from not having people visit them so you know there's great opportunity for all of us here in australia to go out and capture these amazing photographs and, and drone footage etc uh, over the next 12 months while things are quieter here in australia without the overseas tourism definitely but let's let's do the right thing about it you know because at the end of the day um it's not worth the likes and the followers on Instagram, Facebook, or wherever it might be, um, in order to in order to feed your ego, when really we should be thinking about the environment more than anything else. And so I That's think my little you know Sunday sermon. Absolutely, and I reckon, so there's two more things on that. So that firstly, if you go to the Parks Victoria website, um, and they've got nothing to do with this podcast, by the way, but if you go to the Parks Victoria website, there are a lot of um, 
uh, articles. Uh, there's a lot of information there around, you know, what you can and can't do. Um, so for those who are wanting clarification, right. go there. Um, obviously, yep. for drone stuff, the CASA website, I think, has got a lot of that stuff there. Um, yep. And obviously, again, you know, we're not saying that we're not trying to be the, uh, the the police on any of this stuff, but certainly a lot of people do want to do the right thing. Um, and I reckon that what you said at the start of this was, was also pretty um, – pretty important was that if you do find those places where they're quite sensitive or if you do get to a location you know maybe you're a bushwalker or or whatnot um and it's a sensitive environment and and whatnot you know by all means post a picture but if you're quite general about the location um you you might just be the difference between that place getting overrun um and you know and still being able to share and, and inspire people and get them out there exploring but um you don't just sort of lead them all to the to the one spot yeah 100%. 100%. I, I know there's some Tassie photographers who are doing that at the moment because they're, they're obviously very parochial. They're very much about the environment and, and, and I love that. But um, they're, they're the, they're, that's where I heard from at first where they're saying, well, no, we're happy to post about these different places but we're just not going to tag specifically where they are. And, um, and they have every right to do that. And, and for those who don't like it, I tend sometimes get my nose out of joint with photographers because I'll, I'll see them post that and then I'll say, oh, so where is that? And then yeah. they'll go, and then they'll not answer, or they'll go, "Nah, sorry, mate, can't tell you." And I'm kind of like, "Okay, fair enough." It does. Yeah. I do take what? it personally. <laughs> I do take it personally, but um, but but that's only because I'm I'm a sharer as well. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big believer in often an oversharer, in fact. <laughs> I haven't sent you a bathroom pic in quite a while, Matt. I'm no. due for an update. You can get to see my COVID kilos. Ooh. But um, anyway, Leah, let's leave it to that. <laughs> well, I, reckon that's, I think that's been really useful for people. Hopefully. I so. I think it's, it's a controversial topic. It really is. At the end of the day, it's not something that you can ever get right. There'll be uh, people that agree with us. There'll be others that are probably shouting at their uh, their phones or however they're listening and, and, and perhaps – calling us out on some things that we may or may not have done right. And I'm, I'm happy to wear that. I'm happy to admit that I'm wrong at times in things that uh, we do and we tend to bend the rules and things like that. But at the end of the day, I feel very comfortable with what I, I do majority of the time is, is very much uh, what we've talked about today. That's it. Got to own it. All right. Well, thank you, Matthew, uh, for joining us once again on the Matt and Tom's excellent uh, podcast. Uh, Jump on the Facebook page. Give us your uh, thoughts and ideas around that topic we've discussed today. And we'll look forward to catching you next week. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.